What up, world, and welcome back to a playoff edition of Locked on Blazers. I am your Blazers beat writer and pass first point guard, Mike Richmond. Tonight, the Blazers took a 1-0 lead in their first round series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm guessing you know that if you're listening to this podcast, but I'm telling you just for setting the stage, Blazers won 104-99. I want to talk about the game. Uh, we'll pretty much break this one down in three segments. It's going to be a Game 1 heavy podcast, as is the nature of the playoffs. So first segment, we want to, I want to talk about what went right. Segment 2, we'll talk a little bit about what went wrong. And in the third segment, we will talk about what I expect from Game 2, and plus a quick look around the rest of the playoff world, trends we're seeing, and, and, and the like. But let us start with Game 1 and what went right for the Blazers. You know what went right? The first quarter. Uh, as well as the Blazers can play. They put up 39 points, led 39-25 after one. Uh, Dame had 11, CJ had 12. They were just really, really good in, in, the, in that opening quarter. This was... I, uh, I, I, I turned to my colleague, Jason Quick, I guess my competition but a friend nonetheless on press row and I said I did not see this coming not that I didn't see the Blazers playing well in this game but playing that well and putting up 39 points against OKC I didn't really see that coming Blazers led by as many as 17 in the first quarter they would stretch that lead out to 19 early in the second quarter but uh this was this was close to the best they can play. They hit seven of ten threes. They only committed three turnovers. Uh, this 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 kind of looked like uh, everything you would hope that the Blazers can do, and 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 they really slowed down an Oklahoma City team that just couldn't make shots. And that's that's the next thing I want to talk about: is sort of what went right for the Blazers. Here's what really went right is that the Thunder went 5 of 33 from 3. It was the fewest makes the Thunder have had from 3 all season and the worst percentage, 15%, that they've had from 3 all year long. And it came in Game 1 of the playoffs. Talk a little bit more about the specifics of that shooting in the second segment, but it is, as poet-philosopher and chief, chief griper, Jeff Van Gundy has pointed out several times it is a make-or-miss league. Tonight, the Thunder missed a bunch of shots. Worked out in the Blazers' favor. What else went right for the Blazers? Ennis Cantor was fantastic. And you are listening to me say that, someone who has said on multiple podcasts for like three weeks now, I'm worried about Ennis Cantor playing in the playoffs. Can Ennis Cantor play in the playoffs? He's not going to be able to do what he does in the playoffs. Y'all, Ennis Cantor did what he did, or did what he does. It was an extremely Cantor game. Made more than half his shots. 20 points, 18 rebounds on 8 of 15 shooting. Two huge, absolutely huge Rebounds in the closing, offensive rebounds in the closing minutes of this game. First on a Mo Harkless corner three miss, Cantor grabs a rebound on a crowd. Then on an Al Farouk Aminu corner three miss, Ennis Cantor grabs a rebound in a crowd. 
let the Blazers, who were clinging to to a lead after they got up 19, uh, OKC cut it to one. They came all the way back. They were close for most of the game. Terry Stott said, you kind of expect that. Uh, I think that's a nice way of saying he was, wasn't 100% certain that the Blazers could hold on to a 19-point lead, but he's right. You do kind of expect, particularly early in a game when the Blazers make nine of the first 12 three-pointers, that eventually they're going to come back to life or come back to reality, rather, and, 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 and shoot a reasonable percentage from the floor. And that's what happened. And then Cantor was just fantastic. He scored on the block, got offensive rebounds and scored. He just uh, he just had a super Ennis Cantor game. And the things that have held Cantor back, and I've been critical of, I didn't think really came up so much. Uh... I'll talk about that a little bit more in the in the second segment, but um, the, I didn't think OKC attacked him very much in the pick and roll. They did early on, and they did a little bit at the end of the game, but they kind of got away from it in the middle of the game, it felt like, and they mostly tried to attack Cantor on just straight-up post-ups with Steven Adams, uh, and he can do that. Like, Cantor can be big, you, but if you put him on the move is where he struggles, and, and they just never put him on the move. That definitely worked in the Blazers' favor. The sort of sequence of the game for me, the one that, that sums up this game one for me, is that trailing by five with under three minutes to go, Damian Lillard tries to force feed in a uh, a pass into the post. And as the help defender, Steven Adams comes over and steals it. Thunder race the other way. Paul George gets a wide open Three-pointer in transition. Brick. Blazers get the rebound. Race back the other way. And Dame aces a 30-footer. Instead of a two-point game, it's an eight-point game. It was a huge moment. And the Thunder did really well to kind of take Dame out of this game. Uh, He had 14 of his 30 in the fourth quarter. But to me, Dame was, he showed why he's so special. And he hit four and very, very deep, like four steps beyond the three-point line type of uh, type of threes. And this one, he was just really, really good. And the Blazers clinging to that eight-point lead with about five minutes left. Six minutes left. They were able to hold off the charge. All those good things the Blazers did in the first quarter paid off because they built a big enough cushion that they could just make some gritty plays. Dame had a key steal down the stretch when it looked like the Thunder were going to have a chance to go down and tie. He came away with a crucial, crucial steal. Excuse me, it wasn't a chance to tie. The Blazers were up four. This was after Aminu's missed three. Cantor comes away with that rebound. And uh, Westbrook is kind of looking to go the other way. Ball kind of gets loose. Looks like... Looks like Steven Adams is going to get the ball in this crowd, and all of a sudden Damian Lillard sticks his nose in there, comes away with a great steal, tips it free. Mo Harkless chases it down. The Blazers are able to run more clock and get fouled. It was just those type of gritty plays they made at the end. Uh, second and third quarter were really all about the Thunder. But the Blazers played really well down the stretch. 
those final six minutes of the game, and they played fantastic in the first quarter, and that was what really went right for them. A great start, a gritty finish, and a game one win that exercised some demons. Obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know that they had not won a playoff game in two years. They had lost 10 straight, dating back three postseasons ago. Been over a thousand days since the Blazers won a playoff game. Which is funny because it's always like at least 360 days, right? Before, most likely before your most recent playoff game, but whatever. But they found a way to win. They found a way to win this game. The second segment I want to talk about kind of what went wrong. Because a lot of things went right. But there were some things that went wrong in this one. I want to talk about those. But first I want to remind you guys that you can get this podcast on the Himalaya app. It's a brand new podcast app that has curated playlists and brand new features releasing every week. We're also on Google Play, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify. And as always, when you hop in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. Make it a part of your commute every every day or anytime you hop in the car. Just tell your smart speaker, smart device in your car, play podcast Lockdown Blazers. All right, so we talked about what went right. Great first quarter, great last six minutes, really fantastic canter game, and some impressive shot making from Damian Lillard down the stretch. Here's what went wrong for the Blazers. I thought Zach Collins' minutes were pretty negative for the most part. Uh, In 14 minutes, he committed four fouls, two turnovers, had just one rebound, two points on a little layup. The rest of the bench was kind of mostly quiet. Seth Curry was fine, eight points. Uh, Evan Turner was probably better than his box score numbers, four rebounds, three assists, two points. But he had some some really nice plays. I thought actually Evan Turner's value, I should have mentioned him in the first segment, but we're just catching it here. He had a couple nice defensive plays, and, and the Blazers' length with Turner and Hood coming off the bench, replacing Aminu and Harkless, allowed them to always have long bodies to throw at Paul George. Speaking of Paul George and his busted old elbow, he was 8 for 24 from the field and 4 15 from 3, but that belies actually how bad he was because he hit two threes late. He was 2 of 13 from distance to open this game. And I think this is kind of what went wrong for the Blazers. They still didn't have a great option for Paul George. Mo Harkless guarded him fantastic in that first quarter. He was really good against him. But then he picked up four fouls with about six minutes left in the third quarter and sat for a long time. Al Aminu did an admirable job. It wasn't as good as Mo Harkless. It didn't exactly slow George down. And just watching this game without looking at any sort of like weirdo shot quality stuff that I'm sure uh, if you're out, if you're looking for people with a second spectrum account can give it to you. But it felt like watching this game, the Thunder took of their 33 threes, 14 of them were like pretty wide open. That might be a generous number, but a bunch of them, 12 of them of those 33 were like wide the hell open. Paul George missed three, like, unguarded, makeable threes. Uh, Not even counting Westbrooks, because not guarding him from three is is a good call. He was 0 for 4 from deep. But Schroeder 0 for for 7 from three. I thought he was going to be a problem for the Blazers in this series. 
So again, this kind of sounds like what went right for the Blazers, but to me, them missing all of these three-pointers going 5 of 33 from from deep is like an example of exactly what went wrong for the Blazers. This is process over results here on Lockdown Blazers. The results were pretty good. You win game one, it doesn't really matter how you do it. They don't look back and give you a quality score at the end of the series. Well, maybe my fellow nerds do. Shout out to all y'all giving quality scores. But like, game one matters because they want it, not because how they want it. But if you're sort of looking at holistically what this game means, I don't think the Blazers played particularly well defensively in this game. And the Thunder missed as many threes as they're going to miss, you know, maybe ever in the history of their franchise. And it was a one-point game in the fourth quarter. That's probably a bad sign. The other bad sign is that the Blazers couldn't exactly coax Russell Westbrook into being the worst version of himself. He only had four turnovers. He didn't settle for a bunch of awful jump shots as he does when he's playing at his worst level. He mostly got downhill and facilitated. He finished with 24-10-10. and But he was... He was probably close to Westbrook at his best. I think that's a bad sign. He got what he wanted against this Blazers defense. He got downhill. He got into the paint. Here's the other thing that went wrong. I don't think the Thunder played a pretty a very smart game in this game. As good as Cantor was. And Cantor was really good. The Blazers could not have won this game without him. He played 35 minutes. I was convinced, if you've listened to this podcast, that there's no way the Blazers can survive games where Ennis Cantor plays 35 minutes in the playoffs. They won game one at home with him being an incredibly important part in playing 34-plus minutes. So yeah, your boy was wrong. I'm wrong about stuff all the time. Pay close attention. You can find other things that I mess up. But I thought the Thunder stopped attacking Cantor in pick and rolls. So I think what went wrong for the Blazers is that the Thunder are going to go look at the film and realize that a really simple thing, a staple of their offense, they kind of got away from a little bit. Now listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that Raymond Felton and Terrence Ferguson are going to bounce back and punish the Blazers and the Blazers should be really be worried. But I do think Dennis Schroeder can play a little bit better. And I do think the Blazers can, or I do think the Thunder can make a very small tweak, which is run more pick and rolls right at Ennis Cantor and have more success. I think that's the thing that went wrong for the Blazers. The bench wasn't super good, specifically Zach Collins, who I thought was going to be a key to this series just with his defensive ability. He's probably too small to guard Steven Adams at this stage of his career. So it's always going to be Cantor or maybe a little bit of Myers Leonard. Myers played five minutes in the first half specifically to match up against Steven Adams. And then in the second half, Stas just rolled with Cantor a little bit longer. So I think that's what went wrong for the Blazers. I think they I think they got I think they got lucky to some extent. But I also think that's kind of the nature of these uh of these games, like you, you play a seven game series so that you can't get lucky four out of seven times and, and, and win the, uh, and win a series, but you can get lucky once and steal game one. And then you can outplay them for your three other wins. I think tonight was a night that the Blazers got lucky. 
I think they played really well for the opening 12 minutes, survived in a clunky middle two periods, and played really well for the final seven minutes. I think you probably need to win game two more than 20 minutes of your best basketball. So that's what I want to talk about in the third segment. What can the Blazers do? What what adjustments, big and small, can the Blazers make in game two? But before we do that, I want to remind you guys that the uh, Locked On MLB Podcast Network just dropped. 15 minutes a day. Locked On, your favorite team. Catch up on everything that happened. Much like your favorite Locked On Blazers podcast or Locked On NBA podcast, including this one, Locked On Blazers. But for your favorite NBA teams, there's also an overarching Locked On MLB pod. So check that out. Uh, all Locked On podcasts across the whole network. That's NFL, NBA, and MLB are on pretty much everywhere you look for podcasts. That's the Himalaya app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify. So yeah, check those out. Check out the MLB. If you're a baseball fan, check out those MLB podcasts. I think you'll enjoy it. All right, still lockdown Blazers, still Mike Richmond. So what can the Blazers do differently in game two? I think the big one is they need to be more aware of the three-point line. We've, you know, I've, I've talked about this in, in both my the, both the first two segments is that they just they just weren't sharp um, guarding the three point line, and that wasn't sort of like this miscommunication getting lost on stuff. Some of it was just transition, and some of it was because uh, OKC was forcing them into switches and throwing the ball in the post, and because they were paying so much attention to, to uh, Paul George coming off pick and rolls that they were just giving up open threes to guys on scrambles. So try not to get caught in as many scrambles. That's easier said than done. I think that's unavoidable. So I guess the big thing for for me would be transition defense, find shooters in transition. Play a little bit better transition defense. I don't think they were great in this game, and it didn't cost them as much as maybe it could have. The other thing I would do is, in Evan Turner's minutes... Play him on the ball as much as you possibly, possibly, possibly can. One thing that I noticed in this game is that the Thunder put Paul George on Evan Turner. So every second that he was off the ball, it allowed uh, Paul George to roam and and be an annoyance on Dame and CJ when they were trying to get into stuff. So as much as you possibly can during Evan Turner's minutes. And again, I thought Turner was good in this game. Like, legitimately, he played well. He played solid defense on George. He only had a couple uh, just kind of goofy turnovers there in the middle of the game. Just, you know, kind of dumb passes. He's only credited with one turnover, so maybe I'm only remembering one. But he, he did have he did just junk up a couple possessions. There was one that, I guess, resulted in a jump ball that the Blazers uh, ultimately got, but didn't score on. So not a turnover, but just a junky play. So have Evan Turner handle the ball more if he's in the game. In his minutes, have him handle the ball. The other big ones for me, what the Blazers can clean up, is they got to take care of the ball. Uh, They had, I believe, six turnovers in the final six minutes of the second quarter. CJ McCollum said that by their numbers, they give up 12 transition points off turnovers at the end of the second quarter. That was just kind of a mess. It's how how the Thunder got closer heading into halftime. So just little things. Uh, the Thunder force a ton of turnover, turnovers. 
uh, league leaders in, in steals and deflections. It's what they do. But uh, there were some unforced turnovers, some sort of bad pass turnovers that the Blazers can can fix. You're not going to fix everything. You're not going to, you know, the a pressure defensive team is going to force you to make mistakes, but don't give away dumb ones. I think that's that's a thing the Blazers can clean up. And the other one is just be a little bit tougher on the defensive glass. Uh, the Thunder were in the game in the first half because they had taken eight more field goal attempts than the Blazers. That was offensive rebounds and turnovers. Steven Adams is the best offensive offensive rebounder in the league, and he's probably the best offensive rebounder in the league by a wide margin. Shout out to Ed Davis, but still. He's, he's just a monster down there. Great instincts and incredibly strong. Throw in Jeremy Grant. Throw in... Russell Westbrook, who will crash the offensive glass every now and then. And and the Thunder are a problem on that end, just like sort of generating multiple opportunities. In this game, they got a lot of long rebounds because, like I've mentioned, they missed a gajillion three-pointers. So you got to limit those. You got to be a little cleaner on the defensive glass. You got to be a little cleaner with the ball. I think you let Evan Turner dribble more if he's going to play. You let him just play straight up point guard if he's going to play. That's tough because taking the ball out of Dame and CJ, Dame or CJ's hands, particularly Dame's hands, in these playoff games, like always feels like a mistake. But I think it's the right move just because of the way the Thunder were guarding Evan Turner, and I think he offered some value defensively, so it's fine to get him some minutes and be a little more cognizant of transition threes, of defending the three point line in transition. I think you don't do those four things. I think you can go up 2-0 in this series if you're the Blazers. I'm not predicting that they do. Because I don't do predictions because no one is making me. I host the show by myself, y'all. I get to do what I want. But I think those are the keys to going up 2-0 in this series. I think game two on Tuesday night is going to be really fun. Because this game was pretty fun. It was fairly entertaining. But I think the Thunder are going to feel the pressure in that one. And I think that's why the playoffs get really fun, is when teams start playing desperate. And you get two teams that are pretty evenly matched with the best players in the world, and one of them is playing with absolute desperation. I think that that's what we're going to see in Game 2. I will do my absolute best to get a podcast up previewing that game. No promises, because again... This is my podcast, y'all, and sometimes life gets in the way. But hopefully, I will record one Monday evening, have it up for you Tuesday morning. I will obviously have a pod up after game two. There's plenty to talk about. I did not talk about what's happening the rest of the NBA, so uh, playoffs. I don't know. Check the, check the scoreboard somewhere. You got, a, you got a phone in your hand, probably, if you're listening to this podcast. You know what happened. Uh, NBA playoffs have been fun. Blazers game one was fun. Blazers game two should be more fun. Appreciate you guys rocking with me. Like always, download the Himalaya app. Check us out on Google Play. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Tell your friends to listen to Lockdown Blazers. I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.